Welcome to The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you answer the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncie, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. And I've served on fiduciary boards for industry, academic, and youth-serving organizations. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the fifth in a series of episodes in which we're developing a practical answer to the question, what is strategy? Last time, we discussed the fourth of five essential elements of strategy, that it requires a mutually reinforcing fit between our activities. Today, we'll discuss the fifth element of strategy, that it should be indirect. Like strategy itself, The concept of indirection, or an indirect approach, comes from military theory, and it's based on the observation that any thoughtful strategy will take into account an enemy's ability to prevent it from working. In other words, what will our strategy cost us, even if we succeed? For instance, in war, there is almost never a justification for attacking an entrenched enemy head-on because no enemy is better placed to foil the attack. A commander needs to take the trouble to discover where the enemy is genuinely vulnerable. Strategy, then, isn't simply about taking direct action. It's about the totality of our efforts to create the conditions for success, focusing our greatest effort on our most compelling opportunities. The perfection of strategy, as one military theorist put it, is to produce a decision without any serious fighting. Both for-profits and non-profits in our culture tend to favor dramatic, high-profile interventions. We want to tackle root causes, implement comprehensive reform, or fundamentally disrupt our industry. But this is usually the equivalent of attacking an entrenched enemy. A successful venture capitalist has said that one of the warning signs she looks for are founders whose ambition may have blinded them. Instead of starting with a small market they might be able to dominate, they want to take on a big problem with a blunt product that tries to have something for everyone. Such founders will probably always be clawing and scraping for small portions of their chosen market. And no surprise, This makes their companies a less attractive investment for her firm. A leading thinker on global development makes a similar point about nonprofit initiatives. Not all ways of achieving development goals are equally effective, and the most effective ways are often not the most direct, sensational, or high profile. This brings us back to the need to think carefully about opportunity cost. Of all the ways we can spend our resources, is our proposed strategy really the best way? And how did we decide that it is? When an organization's approach is the equivalent of a frontal assault on an entrenched position, this is a sign that its leaders haven't sincerely questioned their assumptions or considered alternatives, and their approach doesn't represent a true strategy. 
So how do we begin developing an indirect strategy? Andy Grove, the famed chief executive of Intel, observed that snow melts at the periphery because that's where it's most exposed. For any market or social problem, there will be groups of potential customers or beneficiaries for whom the current options are excessive, offering much more than the group wants, or for whom the current options are insufficient, offering much less than the group needs. To find these overserved or underserved groups, we can ask three questions. First, could our organization serve the few needs of many much better than they're currently served? Second, could we serve the broad needs of a few much better? And third, could we serve the broad needs of many, but in a well-defined community we understand deeply? And asking these questions about your organization is my suggestion for today. We have two more episodes in this series on what strategy is. Now that we've reviewed five essential elements of strategy, next time we'll discuss the three signs that we're engaged in genuine strategy development. Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend The Successful Strategist to one other person and share it on social media. And don't forget to subscribe yourself if you haven't already. If you'd like to receive my free twice-monthly email, which includes show notes and a summary of an important article on strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember that being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight, just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission-driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at prosperallc.com. This is Mitchell Muncie. Talk to you next time.